Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navar. I've got two special guests today. I've got John Sindler from Seedcode and Todd Geist from Geist Interactive. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey there. Hey, how are you? I always love talking to you guys. Now, Todd, we, we talked really recently about, um, about actually the current episode, um, but we're going to talk today about something completely different. Completely different. And now for something completely different. I so totally got that Monty Python reference there. <laughs> That's right. And actually, uh, it's two different things. Yeah, right. So um, John was just down here in L.A. visiting for a couple of days, and we finished up work on one of the projects that we're going to talk about. But uh, So we have two, two new products getting released pretty soon on the Seed Code store. Um, one is called iCal FM, which is a, a very simple-to-use iCal publishing uh, solution for your FileMaker databases. And the other one is, uh, is the fourth version of GoZinc. We completely rewrote the engine and um, it is uh, four times faster, which is fitting since it is GoZinc 4. Handy that way. Handy, yep. But it actually is in our test, four times faster. Four times faster at syncing? Yeah. Yep. And it was fast before. How did you achieve that? Um, we bent some of the laws of physics. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, like, no. I think, like many good things, we threw out some assumptions that turned out to be unnecessary. Interesting. Yeah, you know, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, over the last couple of years syncing a lot of different kinds of solutions. So I'm kind of like what Google, what Google says about their search algorithms, is that their algorithms aren't that much better. They just have way more data. And, and I think that that's really helped us and that we've had the opportunity to work with a lot of customers, a lot of different kinds of sync scenarios. And uh, over that time, it's been, what, two years since, been two years since the release of the first version of Zinc? Is that right, John? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it's been two years, and we've done a lot of syncing. So we, we have learned a lot about about uh, what the use cases are and, and sort of how – and also a lot about how FileMaker kind of handles this kind of heavy data, manipul- data manipulation. And uh, so we kind of poured all that knowledge back in. And, you know, like it's one of these great – I was telling Todd the other day, I think it's really spoiled me for future code sprints because – the new version's got like half the code lines that the shipping version does. And so that's one reason that it went so fast is there was just a lot less to test. You know, once the unit tests were done, there was just less code to break when we started doing the integration and build the UI and everything. Hmm, that's great. Yeah, so you, you learn so much from how it actually gets used. You learn what parts you didn't need, what parts you really needed to make more efficient. Did right. FileMaker 12 uh, help with some of that too? Um, well, we had we had released version three for twelve, and we definitely got to use Execute SQL in, in in a few areas. We also learned where 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 Execute SQL is uh, is not so great on uh, over three G connections. So we learned a, a few things about about that. Um, so in this version, is there anything new? No, I mean basically it was just m- most of the changes that we made are just sort of core FileMaker uh, functionality, just you know sort of rewrapped and repackaged. Yeah. I mean, we're using 12, but it wasn't like 12 kind of unlocked something here. Yeah. I, I think in 12, in the, in the shipping version, we're doing a lot of text parsing, and we're doing a lot less text parsing in this one. Yeah. We, you know, some kind of, I think we posted and talked about this a little bit last time, some counterintuitive stuff about like how the position function degrades with the depth of texture, trying to do position in and hmm. other stuff like that. But one of the big insights here is that we did a lot of work in the first two versions of Zinc, or the first three versions, to let you sync a layout you already had, to let you use that as kind of the definition of which fields went, you know, down to the mobile file or back up. Mm. And 
that was based on, that's kind of just what we thought the customer, how the customer would think of sync. Like, I've got a layout, I want to sync it. Turns out that, like, A, that's not really how customers think of sync. They think of syncing their tables, not their layouts. And B, you know, most customers, not just the sophisticated ones, but even people who are fairly new to FileMaker, would make their own layout to do the sync because they didn't want UI on it, they didn't want extraneous fields on it, they didn't want script triggers on it. And so once we said, well, all right, we, we just won't sync a layout you already have. You have to make a super simple layout to tell us which fields go up and down. Things got a lot clearer. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think we, we also discovered that uh, people put a lot of stuff on layouts, which is not necessary for sync. So even the ones that didn't, in the cases where we didn't um, have people making their own layouts, it really was a problem to actually use a layout that was already in place. You had, you had fields which just weren't appropriate and very confusing to look at. Uh, look at a layout that may have things like summary functions and 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 be displaying related data sure. from tables that were not part of the sync and it just the got the same field on it dozens of times oh, sure. yeah, that that's sense. how they did their tabs you know interestingly yeah. i think php development projects with filemaker usually the best practice would be to make a set of layouts in the in a file interface or data or whatever that has all the layouts that are only useful for the website and only have the fields that you care about for the web Similar. that's right yeah same thing and and that's just really good design anyway right we we were just we thought we were giving developers a leg up by saying just use what you have but it turns out that in the long run it's really just a lot smarter to to build your own uh to build separate layouts for the sync process and Mm -hmm. it turns out it's a faster integration yeah it's faster to go new layout pick the right table occurrence use that little field inspector wizard to either move all your fields and then delete the remove the calcs or just move over the fields you care about Mm -hmm. so now we can wire up faster than we could when we ostensibly could use a layout you already had yeah so that was kind of a little revelation too. I mean, that's the other things we, 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 we tackled this because we had a, we had a hunch we could go, get faster. Um, but one of the things I wanted to make sure of was that we didn't just get like a twenty percent speed increase. Because so I was like, we could come up with this amazing engineering effort, get a twenty percent speed increase, and our customers would never notice it. Right. What I yeah. wanted to make sure we got was a speed increase from when you download the file to when you get your first sync done. And that that is, that does go faster now. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's huge. So that's one speed increase is how quick to integrate and get working. Yeah. And then the other one is how fast does it do every single time a customer clicks the button to sync. Right. And yeah. that had that's to be right. a massive increase for people to notice it because otherwise. And so then we've done other stuff like now for the first time we have real instrumentation during the sync in iOS. So you get a, a percent complete in iOS, whereas you know in Pro oh. we had a nice progress bar before. Mm-hmm. Improve the logging and stuff. I mean it's. It's funny, it's circled back around to some of the things that were in, in the very first version of GoSync that very few people saw because it was so hard to integrate, where developers could really get inside the sync and change business logic and set different fields and you know, make a shadow sync table if they wanted to and like really easily kind of get inside. That's back, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, so yeah, it, it, I, I think yeah. you know, uh, our basic vision for, for sync is that um, it should be something that the developer using standard FileMaker skills can, can take control over. So that means our still, just like in all the versions we've had, the, 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 the filters or how you determine what records get synced is still done by a normal FileMaker find. So by, by any means that you arrive at a found set using any of your FileMaker skills that you know, um, we will sync whatever that found set is. And then also we have inside the sync engine itself when the data is actually being transferred from one place to the other, you can get in there and do anything that you could do in a normal FileMaker script to override or extend the behavior that we have built in. So, so this is really about not taking away the tools that, that you know as a FileMaker developer and how to use 
all your all your FileMaker skills. We just kind of wrap it into this sync package so that your data is is transferred securely and that you know it's going to all get there or that, or that it won't. And then there's no there's no incompletes. But we still leave it open. This is still 100% pure FileMaker. Um, there's no plugins. There's no black box. There's mm-hmm. nothing that that you can't see. You know, yeah. if you choose to go under the covers, you can do so. so let me give you a, let me give you like a use case scenario of how this um, of like a, a project that's actually in development, early development uh, for Oregon Public Health, and then talk about how the sync would be integrated and how long you think it might take to do to integrate for something like this. So there's this project where it's going to be for for home site visits or home visits. For public health, so the um, the public health people would go to a family and discover what their needs are, and they might need like food, um, uh, you know, uh, clothes for the kids. They might notice that one of them is sick and needs to get some health care, and they need to be able to make sure that those services, those things, are getting met for this family. And so they need an iPad to track all the information about what they need, who they're visiting. But there's, you know, there's there's a confidentiality. They don't want to have the whole database of everyone they're going to right. see ever. So they're only going to go out with a day of the five people they're going to see that day. Um, and then when they're done, they're going to go back home or go back to the office, and they're going to sync. So how how would you integrate? Like if you've got a, a big FileMaker database and then a FileMaker Go app, um, talk about that. So I think this is one of the neat things that goes to what Todd was talking about about how you decide what records go down to the iPad. Mm-hmm. So you know, somewhere back at the office, I imagine somebody is saying that. On Monday or maybe this week, these 10 families need to be visited by this technician or this group of technicians mm-hmm. or this group of home health care aides. And so that, that, visit, that uh, technician is going to be at home. They're going to wake up. They would do a sync and a find request would execute and say, which families do I need to visit today or this week? And those families would come down to their iPad. So let's say there are a dozen families they need to see. So they go off and do their work and they take some photos if they do or they, whatever. But they've only got those, those dozen records on mm-hmm. there. So then a couple of interesting things happen then. So then the next day happens. So they push all their changes back, and then they get up the next day, and they say, all right, well, where am I going today or the, or the next week? And what's great is that GoZinc is going to find all the records up on the server that match their, their filter criteria, my patients today. And it's going to bring those down. But it's also going to find any records on the iPad that no longer match the filter criteria and delete them. So Gozik is taking care of removing the records that no longer belong to that technician at the end of the sync. So even if midday, you know, a given technician gets in a car accident, can't complete their visits, and somebody back at the office moves those visits to a different tech and sends them an SMS and says, hey, we had a problem, can you sync again? They'll temporarily pick up patients from that other technician because mm-hmm. those patients now belong to them. Hmm. And those patients could get distributed among a few other techs and stuff. So. This filter um, that you created as the developer, which again is just done with a simple find request, it's really defining what records belong to any given user. And so when the user syncs, records they are allowed to have come onto their iPad and records they're not allowed to have are deleted. And you as a developer don't have to worry about that kind of complicated you know, sure. thing there. And then for the developer to integrate this, um, how long would you think it would take to integrate for, for a solution that's pretty cut and dried like this one? So there are two parts of the integration. There's just getting it working where the data moves, right? And we're, I figure we do that in about 10 minutes per table, right? But then there's a lot of kind of craft around the business logic and getting this filter right. Like, what does it really mean to say my patients that day? And, you know, once the patient is checked out, should we put something in place so that people back at the office know which technician got it and that they mm-hmm. got it, mm-hmm. like that they actually woke up that morning and synced? Sure. Um, maybe we should lock the records on the server so that people, you know, know that... Wh- all that stuff right. that takes a little bit more time, right? 
that again, makes sense. That's, that's FileMaker stuff we all know how to do. That's sure. just kind of this reawakening we think a lot of developers experience after they get the sync working, and then they realize, wow, I've got a distributed database on my hands. I need to put some stuff in here that I didn't really think about before. Like, like who checked out that record, and who's got it, and, and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to say how much that workflow work takes, mm-hmm. but it is just kind of simple fine requests. So, but of course, the rest of the development too. overshadows the, the sync development, and the sync part's quick. Building but, yeah. a mobile application is by far the most time-consuming yeah. part. Right. You know, yeah. For there's, sure. There's no doubt. You know, we we spent a lot of time in our in L.A. looking at these, like, off-road vehicles and stuff because we just needed a break. And I sometimes think of Gozik like that. You know, like, the actual work of the sync, the find request that pulls the data, and then the set field steps that transfer the data. That's You're, you're in your FileMaker world, right? You know how mm-hmm. to do that. You know how to branch those set fields and wrap them in if statements if you need to. And you know how to build find requests. <laughs> We've just kind of wrapped that thing that you know how to do in like this roll cage of sync, right? Yeah. So that it's so that it's protected in case your iPad disconnects in the middle of pulling those patients down or pushing them back up. Th- that, that's what GoZinc does. So like you can kind of trust the roll cage. You just get in and do the FileMaker stuff you know how to do, and the roll cage kind of takes care of the rest. Cool. Yeah. I, that home health visits um, scenario is something that we talk about in the docs. It's an explanation. Uh, it's a a metaphor we use a lot to explain kind of how records come on and off the iPad and how important it is to just bring down the records that any given user should see. You know, we, we've got some blogging about this, but you know, when you, when you go to Facebook, right, you don't land on the first Facebook post you ever made, right? You land on whatever Facebook thinks is relevant for you today, right? And same with this, this healthcare aid, right? They don't want to land on the patient whose name happens to begin with A. They want to find the patients that they need to visit that day. And if they have something like, like Go Maps, you know, stitched onto their solution, right. to just see those 10 pins in that city, they're just the people they need to visit today. I think and it's kind of funny because you're, you're sort of making a joke about how you, you, when you usually would open up a native FileMaker table, yeah. you see the record that was the very first one. You know? Yeah, man, we're lazy on the desktop because the desktop's fast. Adam Aberg. But, but it's a good point. I mean, think about it. Take it one step further. What, what, what would happen if you went to Facebook and what you saw was the very first post that anybody ever made, right? I mean, it wouldn't have caught on, right? And that's kind of kind of the point here is that mobile apps are very focused, very personal. They're about who, what, and where, uh, and and uh, you need to you need, you need to kind of take that into consideration as you're building a and that's mobile we, app. We talk about them as mission specific, and so in, yeah. in a sophisticated Zinc deployment like this home healthcare scenario, you mm-hmm. may have more than one mobile application, right? There may be one that you use for the visiting itself, right? You may have another where the home health care aides kind of track their own qualifications and, and log their sure. you know, um, adult education hours. You may have another one that tracks their equipment that they have with them and yep. its serviceability and renewals. That's you may not- have a whole bunch of them that are educational that are just regular old iPad apps or whatever to show the people that they're visiting. It's like, oh, yeah, here's totally. you know, one to look up emergency codes like uh, the WebMD kind of thing or whatever. And you for know. these read-only apps that don't have any pushback up to the server, you know, GoSync, you know, there, there are like three big problems with sync. Like, how do you sync the data? And then how do you get the files, and especially new versions of the files, to your mobile users? Mm-hmm. So you can use GoSync to deliver new versions of these kind of content-only applications so that the, the healthcare aide can click a button and say, is this the latest version of whatever this presentation is I'm supposed to show to this patient? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that just gets a new version. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And it all kind of runs back together. You know, one of the, one of the things we we think about is, you know, how much kind of transactionality, you know, GoZinc is a, a transaction. So when records are pushed up to the server, you know on your iPad whether that record made it to the server or not, right? It'll say uploaded. 
And that, that means that the record and all its related records actually got there. And you know, so are there cases when you don't need to know that, when you don't really need to know if it actually made it? Well, there may be until you start thinking about downloading a new version of the file. Because then, you know, if you're going to clobber a file on your iPad with the latest, with the new version from the server, you need to be absolutely positively sure that the changes that are on it got sent. And so we find that, you know, even folks who maybe start thinking about turning off the transactions so that they can, you know, they don't need to worry about it, it all, eventually you do. You really do, do need to know whether the stuff on the iPad positively made it at any point in time, like is my iPad, are all my changes delivered? Well, I think that's especially important with mobile communication of any kind. I mean, because the networks are so, you know, you could be, you could be trying to sing from a car and, you know, go under a bridge or whatever, lose cell. That comes, you know, the, the, the network is so much less reliable. It is. But we're used to it, you know, we're used to just kind of throwing things over the wall and then calling somebody to see if they got it, right? So <laughs> email is kind of like that. You know, you send somebody an email from your iPad and you trust that, well, eventually, you know, it'll more or less get there, right? It might not get there right now, but it'll, yeah. it'll get there. But you'd probably feel very differently about it if after you sent that email, you were asked to delete your entire email application. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although, so, maybe not now, because I can't think of a single time in the last several years that I've sent an email that didn't get through, but, you know. <laughs> Spam right. filters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're a better typist than I am. Yeah. It's not that. It's just that the email... I'm not sure that there actually is that transaction, because there isn't. You, there is no way to know that the email actually got received by anyone. Right. But it, it seems to be pretty unbelievably reliable. Um, it is kind of an amazing system. Yeah. Although I was at, at the client's the other day, and we were just kind of, you couldn't find this document that, somebody has, that he'd emailed somebody. Oh. And we were just kind of <laughs> stunned at how much of our businesses are based on this, <laughs> this thing that's basically meant to pass notes in class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of true. <laughs> so uh, the, one of the other questions I have is... Uh, because this is a product that's so squarely focused on FileMaker Go that it would have put you in a, a really good position to understand how things are changing and what FileMaker Go's uh, growth is like. And, whether, and, and kind of the big question I have is, is it growing and is that growth linear or is it um, more? Well, you know, I wish that we'd got a little more information from the mothership on this. But they don't really release a lot of these numbers. But I think from our experience, we see people coming who are brand new to the platform. And in fact, we have a great use case of a company down in, in Georgia that services bank vaults. And they spent a half million dollars on a Windows mobile implementation that completely failed. And uh, one of their IT guys got a hold of FileMaker Go and he said, you know what? I think I can make something that would do what we wanted to do with the Windows mobile app, but I don't know how to sync. I have this back end, which is SQL Server. I understand that I can connect FileMaker Server to that. Um, and I understand how I can build this mobile app in FileMaker Go, but I really don't know how to do sync. So he came to us, and, and we helped him with the sync. He bought his ink license, and we helped him do, we helped him do the integration. And uh, for somewhere in the neighborhood of, of, you know, with all the consulting that he purchased, uh, it was a fraction of the cost that they spent on their Windows Mobile you know, 95% you know, is still a fraction, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. A tiny, I know what you very mean. tiny, tiny fraction. tiny fraction. I mean, he was able to basically blow away the execs at his company for, um, for, for, for a fraction of what they spent on a failed sort of standard old way of doing business. So it's clear that people, at least some people, are coming to FileMaker based on Go and what it allows them to do. Even if they've never used FileMaker before, and they're you know a hundred percent window shop. Mm -hmm. um, 
this worked for them and worked really, really, really well. Are you, are you seeing that, Matt? Are you seeing people coming to Go because they have a SQL source they want to sync, they want to build a little mobile app for? Well, you know, not so much in my work because my work is like late in the last several years, it's really been in public health and they're already all kind of know about FileMaker. Yeah. But I see a lot of that from like the Apple stores. There's a lot of leads coming in and, and a lot of developers are plugging into that because there's people who you know, walk into an Apple store and they buy an iPad and they go, I need a database and I need to do to the, to do this. Yeah. And how am I going to do that? Um, It'd be tough for us to get the numbers on it, but, but some, you know, decent percentage of our ghosting implementations are FileMaker's first experience in a company and it's to sync to a SQL source. Yeah. yeah. It so, definitely is there. It's, I, mean, I think we'd have to say it's anecdotal at this point, but, yeah. but it's definitely a percentage and it's something we see. And, and, um, and the, and the people who are coming to this, are really blown away by by what we can do um, for the small amount of cost compared to what they're used to. So it's a really good uh, thing to get into because it's easy to satisfy these customers because they're they're used to spending a lot of money for big SQL Server backends and all the coding that goes into that, and, and we can do it for a lot less and in a lot less time. Definitely. <clears throat> so two years ago at DefCon, I did the FileMaker Go year in review, yeah. and I'm doing that one again this year. And so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to build a database of like the really cool Go solutions that I've seen and pick 20 or so um, and show them. So I'm definitely going to be showing GoZinc. And I would also really like to highlight some of the, some of the cool things that your clients have done with it. And, you know, that could be a big, you know, one certain segment of, of what I'm talking about. Um, well, and we'll anyone who's listening, sure. if you've got really cool uh, Go solutions, please contact me, uh, Matt at FileMakerTalk.com. Um, let's see, you guys have another product coming out too. Is there any other stuff you wanted to talk about uh, related to GoZinc? No, we're just, we're psyched. I mean, I guess we, I'm not, I'm not sure when you're airing, but GoZinc's actually going into beta this week. Um, and, you know, for anybody who purchases GoZinc now, they'll get a free upgrade to the new one. In fact, all customers are going to get a free upgrade to the new version of GoZinc. This week, and we're recording this in February 2011. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke because it does sometimes seems to take me a while sometimes to get these podcast episodes out, but no, it's right. never taken me that long. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. The post is tough. No, we're just psyched. I mean, I'm still kind of like just a, just a few days back from that code sprint with Todd. It was amazing to get all that done. I mean, you and I have done a few of these, Matt. And yep. the, the pair programming thing is, you know, mostly you're just working beside somebody, and if you have a quick question about, you know. The architecture or something you didn't write, you just ask them, and so you just get back to work right away. Mm-hmm. But then every once in a while, you know, you get stuck, and the person stops what they're doing, and they look over your shoulder, and they correct your syntax, and they they and suggest and comments funny. deeper in the code because they're thinking a little bit ahead of you. And man, mm-hmm. it just gets stuff gets and done they fast. Pass moral, and then they always pass moral judgment on your <laughs> on your coding ability and, mm-hmm. and the la- your lack of typeinator enhancement. <laughs> lack of typeinator. Yeah. But it's all right. And we your misuse it. of the tool. We let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things it's that happen fun. in pair programming. I do a lot of programming with clients watching, which isn't really pair programming. It's more performance programming, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like doing it on a high wire. A little bit. And FileMaker lends itself to that really well, I think, once you get to a certain point. Um, Matt's programming burlesque. <laughs> so Next time, just paint there. yourself blue. <laughs> And, you know, bang on a drum while you're while you're coding. Sing a song. Have I do have guitars handy at all times. That's right. That's right. Music at all times. Um, like, at, like at the state. You know, I used to. I do have one there quite often. I don't. I don't at the moment. But uh. fair enough. So um, before we forget, we should go through the list of cool things there are in the new version, right? 
Um, oh, it, yeah. d- d- just talk about sort of the feature list. Yes, please. Um, yeah. So, what's on the list? There's instrumentation for iOS, better logging, freaking faster, faster integration. Um, oh, I mean, little technical things for people who are already into Zinc, like the um, related records now respect the last time Zinc, so there's less need to kind of change your architecture just so that you don't sync related records needlessly. Hmm. Um, the field level merge uh, side of it, which is where we, it's a switch you can set in the configuration so you only send up fields that have changed instead of setting, sending whole records, um, much faster. And there used to be a big overhead for doing that and that you had to kind of build this kind of prep database ahead of time. I mean, Gozink built it for you, but your, your first sync used to take a while when field level merge was on. But in the new version in Gozink 4, you can actually seed that on the desktop before you distribute your mobile files. Um, so that your first sync on the desktop as a developer will take a little bit. But then once your mobile users get that file, their first sync is actually the database's second sync and uh, goes quite quickly. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so f- a field-level merge was another area that we were able to cut out about half of what we were doing before. Um, so it, it got a lot faster and a lot easier to, to maintain and code and build. So, yeah, a lot of new stuff. And then, of course, um, you know, Zinc's primary features... Uh, it handles automatic deployment and it handles the sync in a transactional fashion so that you can be really sure that your file updates get there and they're easy to do and that your data is exchanged uh, safely and securely between both uh, sides of the equation, mobile app and the server app. So um, I, I feel pretty, really good about it. I feel like the app is really mature. Um, we've encountered a lot, of, a lot of the scenarios that are out there and, and done our best to incorporate them in, into it. And... Uh, yeah, it's just rock solid. It's a pleasure working on something so mature. I mean, it was there was a lot of groundbreaking that Todd did on the new version, but once I got there, a lot of the work was just kind of taking these insights and code that we'd already written, you know, just kind of rearranging it in a way that made more sense for our users. And I don't know, you rarely get to work on something that's that mature and it's gotten that much testing in such a short period of time. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I can't wait for it to get released. Be very cool. Yeah, I got to finish the docs. About three quarters of the way through. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to beta. Yeah. All so, right. And there's another uh, product of the second half of our conversation, which we'll go for another hour and a half. <laughs> 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 that you guys want to talk about. What's that? So that's, yeah, so, so that's yeah, iCal FM, which is, um, which is a simple iCal publisher for your FileMaker database. So it's a, it's a read-only um, 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 way to get your your data into your iCal on your iPhone or your calendar on your desktop or BusyCal or Google Calendar or whatever you have. Yeah. Um, and it it's really simple. And I, I had been working on the code for quite a while. Um, it's a PHP-based application. And John and I were talking about it one day, and I said, you know, um, I've got this code. I've, I've been working on this for a while. And what do you think? Can we Can we make this into something? And and uh, he said, yes, definitely. And so we, we, we took it from there. So what's it do? Well, I mean, we, you know, we've been um, publishing Zulu, which we wrote with uh, the guys at 360Works. Mm-hmm. And Zulu kind of gives you read-write access from iCal or Google Calendar to events in your FileMaker database. Right. Yeah, so, so you can schedule, right. <clears throat> so someone um, can use an iCal client uh, um, on their computer, iPad, whatever. And it actually is writing records to FileMaker database. That's right. That's Reading and writing is. records. Yeah, right, reading and writing. Which is pretty awesome. 
Um, but there's a whole simpler use case, which is just read-only calendars um, that Todd believed that we could do with a lot less complexity than was in Zulu, um, especially on the Google side, whereas you know, where Zulu is actually kind of syncing with this, this Google calendar database. Um, if you wanted to do a read-only calendar in, in Google, you, know, you should be able to cut out a lot of, kind of the, like the Java applet and a lot of the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. um, in Zulu. So, so this is kind of like a, a, a simpler version of Zulu that's a lot easier to install. It doesn't use plugins. just uses the built-in Famic or PHP API. Um, and has kind of a, you know, a, a, a different kind of config, much more like the one we did in Gozink, where you just kind of fill out a form to describe your calendar. Um, and so it's, it's a very quick and easy way for somebody to see their events in iCal or Google Calendar or the calendar on their iPhone or iPad. And I think what's really neat about it is kind of the way, the way you experience it is that you test your data off an already installed iCal server, sorry, an already installed version of iCal FM mm-hmm. running on one of our servers. And you can kind of see it work and everything. And then you can install you know, iCal FM on your own FileMaker server and, and get it to work. And it's, this, was, this was Todd's kind of idea of this thing that's not really a service, but kind of can be. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, what, what kind of excited me about it was that uh, the experience of using it for the first time with the demo is that as long as you have your FileMaker database on a FileMaker server, um, you don't really have to install anything. You just can, you download this, this um, configurator app that we have and you fill it out basically with where your FileMaker server is and what your database is and what fields are the timestamp fields and you click a button and bam, you get your, your calendar subscribed in your desktop calendar, you know, the, the Mac OS calendar or BusyCal or what have you. And it's just, it, it can happen that quickly. It's really just a few minutes and, and you can actually experience your data being published into into your into your calendar apps. Hmm. And then, you know, once you decide, yeah, yeah this is something you want then, and you purchase it, you can then download that that app to your own FileMaker server and install it uh, on there, you know, pretty simply. It's just, a, it's just a web app, so it's not like having to set up anything new. It's, it, it runs with the out-of-the-box uh, PHP that is installed by FileMaker server. So there's really nothing, no more dependencies other than what FileMaker server installs. So then it has to, it's not a pushing, it doesn't push from FileMaker server out to like a Google Calendar. The FileMaker server has to actually be able to be reached from somewhere. It does, yeah. And that's kind of the thing. It just has to be, I mean, basically you need to have the XML publishing gateway on. That's it. You have to have a FileMaker hmm. server, you have to have that on. And um, that's all. And if you do that, then um, you can try it out with the demo server for, I mean, literally it just takes a few minutes. And then if then when you're like, yes, I gotta have this, you buy it, install it on your own server, which is nothing more than, than dragging it into the web root of your of your FileMaker's uh, your FileMaker server and then pointing at that URL and phew, you're good to go. Hmm. So super simple, um, really easy way to get your data into into iCal uh, or calendar. I guess it's called calendar now on on the latest version of OS X. Yeah. But it also works with Google Calendar and it works with iOS and any place that can take a iCal subscription, um, you can uh, you yeah. can use this. I kind of stopped using Calendar. <clears throat> um, well, I hate that stupid faux leather thing. I got rid of that. <laughs> it looks like Apple's getting rid of it too in the next yeah, version. Yeah, finally. They made really funny jokes about it actually in the keynote, I thought. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, they must may- have heard about it a million times. Maybe one too many jokes about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was a little. 
I didn't see it, so I'm I'm in the dark on that. Um, but um, my yeah, favorite the, is BusyCal. That's what I use, and I've used it for a number of years, and I yeah. think it's pretty good. Fantastical. Yeah. Amazing, just, amazing little calendar for iOS and for <laughs> desktop. Yeah. I just use Chrome and go to calendar.google.com. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you can do that too with this. Yeah. You can you can subscribe to these calendars, uh, and in fact, we do something. We we allow you to create. Uh, private URLs, just like the way Google does, it was kind of the inspiration there. Where mm-hmm. if you want to share a calendar with somebody, what they give you is a is a long string that's kind of random, and uh, and that's a private URL. And they tell you that whoever has this is going to be able to see your data. Uh, and if you don't, if you no longer want it to them to see it, you can always just change this string. And we've done exactly the same thing. So if you want to share out a portion of your FileMaker data as a calendar, you can give somebody this private URL and they can have access to it, and then you can revoke it at any time. Yeah. And, and it, kind of, it also uses um, uh, filtering, so you can describe a filter that you would like to apply so that you don't need to see all the events in this particular event database, or you want to see some of them, and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty simple find mechanism to do that, to, to, to do filtering. Yeah, it's the same insight we had in GoSync, right? Like, you can take your big database of events and with simple, you know, kind of find request metaphors, say that each calendar represents a subset of the data. So it's very easy to make one calendar per salesperson or one calendar per event category or one calendar per status. And then some of those URLs go to some folks and some of those URLs go to other folks. Hmm. And if you're concerned about those URLs getting passed around, you know, at the end of the day, it is just FileMaker and the PHP API, so it completely respects web publish uh, uh, access privileges. That's right. So mm-hmm. if you want to enforce, you know, these uh, filters, you can enforce them with access privileges. Hmm. Yep. So it's it's nice and, and very um, very simple. I mean, I agree with you, Matt. That calendars aren't like even Google Calendar. You know, it's got a long way to go to be something that I would say like, wow, that's really capturing my life and my events <laughs> and the things I have to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Um, but it is. It is a good metaphor to get th- things out. And, like, you know this home health care aid example that you, you mentioned earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it might be very cool to publish the kind of standing visitation list to each healthcare worker in iCal so that they can see on their iPhone kind of who they have to see that, that next day and kind of what time those appointments are. Um, because that's, you know, with them all the time and, you know, we're just used to look and it's probably mixed in with their other calendars that they subscribe sure, to. Sure, and like, you, could, you could publish it in such a way, like in that case, that it would be secure. You could, you know, you could control yeah. the text of the event. Yeah. yeah, and controlling the text of the event is great, especially on iPhone, you know, because, because this is a read-only calendar, we don't have to prohibit calc fields like we do in Zulu. So that notes field for the event can be a, a very elaborate calc with the patient's address and phone number and email address, and all those links will work in the iPhone calendar and Fantastical. So you can you know, click on a map and go see their address or click on the phone number and call them. Um, so you can publish kind of rich data. It's a, this is a, you know, one of those things with Zulu also, right? It kind of puts the calc engine of FileMaker behind iCal mm-hmm. um, and lets you, you know, do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you could imagine extending that scenario with the healthcare worker one step farther, they could see their schedule. And uh, when they open up that, that event for the week, they open up an event, and it could have a link in there, and that link could be an FMP URL. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that FMP URL, when they click it, could open up their FileMaker Go application, which is synced with, Go, with, which is synced with GoZync, mm-hmm. to, to pull up the, all the patient information for that particular um, 
event, that a particular scheduled event. Yeah, exactly. So, and you could have the, the, the Go application could have some authentication. Yep. So when they log in, they'd actually have to type a password. But the calendar could have no confidential information. It'd be perfect. That's right. That's so they, right. Could, they could actually see, oh, I've yep. got an appointment coming up. And then they use the regular default calendar in the iPad, which already works perfectly to remind you and stuff like that. That's right. And then they go, oh, who am I seeing? Oh, here it is. And then, boom, they get driving directions and all that to it. Yeah. Yeah, and they get right to the go to the FileMaker Go app that has mm-hmm. all the questionnaires they have to fill out and all that stuff. Yep. So, so the, there's actually a nice pairing between these two. It's not actually the way we planned it, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, it just kind of came out that way. In mm-hmm. fact, iCalFM wasn't really on the map. Um, it was just something that we got inspired to do and just figured out a way to make it happen. But yeah. it does fit really well with um, GoZinc, and so it's kind of nice that they're being they're being released around the same time. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Any other stuff to add, you guys? I don't know. DevCon's only two months away. Yeah, I've got two presentations to finish. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Not no, you, though, John. Matt's well done. No, John's playing hooky this year. It's nice. I get to go, you know, we're, like we bring the team and all kind of have our little retreat, but no, no presentations. No. I mean, uh, I'm psyched. I mean, I, I love speaking and it's fun, but I did get kind of the rough schedule. I have the, I have the second session. And the very last session. Oh, that's Ooh. rough. Yeah. So I'm like spread out from second from is end. tough because you really don't get to rehearse. I mean, no, you don't, there's not, not much that, time. You don't get to get to the room early. Yeah, there's not a lot to do, so you kind of you kind of just have to go do it. And then the very last session, which means that you know you're stressed out for the whole entire DevCon. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a bummer, but. Um, you know, I've done the last work. session before, though. There's a tremendous amount of goodwill in the room by the end of the yeah, day. That's people true. like it. They're, they're all ready to go to sleep anyway. So. All the people who are there who are still awake are having a exactly. lot of goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm psyched. You know, DevCon's always a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it, seeing what everybody's up to. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going to um, be great. I'm looking forward yeah. to it, too. Very cool. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Yeah, it'll be good to see you, Matt. You're coming up here in just a couple of weeks, though. What are you, what are you uh, speaking yeah, about true. again? I'm doing, I'm doing the, the, a mini uh, FM Pug speaking tour at Seattle and Portland. The, the cities that really matter. The city doesn't matter? The cities that really matter. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You, of course you're right. Yeah. Of course you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who cares about uh, Los you, Angeles you, and You Pacific Northwest and... elitists, you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because... This is the financial and cultural center of the world. I mean, it's not Paris or New York or L.A. or. It, it is the hop capital of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Beer. We got that. We got that. We got that. And today we have sunshine. Ah, and 90-plus degree weather. Nearly 20 that, hours right? of it. <laughs> Do you really? It's up that long? Nah, it's, it's not that long. It's, it's uh, crazy. In Portland, it's supposed to hit 100 in a couple of days. Ooh. Yeah. We're getting burnt down here. Luckily, I'm not that far from the coast. Yeah, I'm going to get out in the boat tomorrow and try and avoid some of it. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you guys soon. Have an awesome day. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Later. Later.